Brad's throat cancer surgery is going to see a considerable portion of the base of his tongue removed. For most of us, swallowing is a reflex action. We don't even think about it. It just happens when we need it to. For Brad, life is about to change dramatically. His speech is going to be affected and he's going to have to learn how to eat and drink again. One of the crucial roles in his recovery will be that of the speech pathologist. And I spoke with Jenny Cole Virtue, Macquarie University speech pathologist, just prior to Brad's surgery. Jenny, you're a speech pathologist here at Macquarie University Hospital. What is your role in Brad's treatment? My role with Brad will be to um, ensure that after the operation, if he has any difficulties with his swallowing, that we help him with those so that he's able to eat and drink safely. I think people often think speech pathology is all about the way that we speak and we pronounce our sounds and mm-hmm. so on, but it's much more than that, isn't it? It is. It's not just about um, speech. Um, it's about a number of things, speech, language, voice, fluency, feeding, swallowing. So it's quite a, a wide range of disorders that we look at in different populations. But in this particular instance, because he's having some surgery to the base of his tongue, um, obviously that may affect the way that he swallows. What do you need to or or help him be aware of? Um, What we'd like to help him be aware of is um, the way that he's swallowing, um, to listen to his voice after the surgery, whether it sounds wet, which might indicate that things have gone um, the wrong way, or onto his vocal cords, rather into his esophagus, which is where his food would go. But also just to help him cope with some of the post-operative initial issues, like the swelling and possibly some of the pain. And we would might we may need to modify some of those consistencies and textures that he has to make that swallowing easier for him. Strokes are slightly different because you have um, a paralysis there or the muscles are actually affected, um, whereas this is a surgical cause rather than a neurological cause. Um, but again, the basic principles of swallowing and feeding and keeping people safe so they don't get chest infections is similar. So it, that's what it's about, avoiding chest infections? Yeah, avoiding um, what we call aspiration where food or liquid may in fact go into the lungs where obviously it shouldn't be. The use of the Da Vinci robot for Brad's surgery offers a few advantages for both patient and surgeon, but only a few people in Australia have undergone this particular operation using the robot. At the moment, it is mostly used in Australia for prostate and gynaecological surgery, but at Macquarie University Hospital in Sydney, surgeons across different specialties are starting to use the robot for other patients. Carol Bryant is the CEO of Macquarie University Hospital and explains why they've made the investment in this piece of surgical technology. Uh, At Macquarie University Hospital, we bought uh, the Da Vinci robot about 12 months ago, and it was really, uh, it's really a leading edge technology. Um, Years ago, they brought in keyhole surgery, in which everybody talked about laparoscopic surgery, and I guess the robot is the next step from that. So it allows minimal scarring for the patient, but fantastic vision for the surgeon when they're operating. So they actually get a three-dimensional um, view of what they're looking at. So they, it's a bit like um, playing a game. The, the arms of the robot are attached to the, to the patient and the doctor uses a console in the corner and he gets a 3D view of what he's operating on. So it's used for um, predominantly for urological surgery, so for prostate cancer, then gynaecological surgery, hysterectomy, um, and here we're also using it for cardiac, um, head and neck, um, colorectal. So it's uh, it's incredible. A person can have a, a major surgery, a couple of uh, little holes in the abdomen, and they go home usually two days later. 
So it has benefits from the point of view of what the surgeon can see. It also has benefit from no tremor, so the, it gives the surgeon longer uh, longer life as a surgeon to operate because they actually, just like you're using a, um, you know, a, a normal video game or t- a computer game, you've got your wrists on the, on the shelf and then your hands are still, a tremor's gone. Um, so it's, it's quite remarkable. So it gives those with, you know, what could be, um, you know, very serious diagnosis diagnosis, they're actually back on track, recuperating after the surgery after a couple of days. So no major scars, um, the outcomes are fantastic. So it's an amazing technology. There are six now, six or seven in New South Wales. Macquarie University have the broader spectrum of the program. So most people would just be doing urological surgery, so prostate cancer, and some gynae surgery. But we're doing, as I said before, the, the whole spectrum of different sorts of surgery. So for somebody, for example, with head and neck surgery, where they might be actually cutting into the face, removing the bottom jaw, major cuts, what you've got here is an approach with the robot arms, um, minimal, minimal scarring, minimal um, actual trauma, if you like, but a fantastic outcome, still removing the cancer or, or, or uh, whatever they're looking for, but able to go home in a couple of days. So, Carol, is that part of the key to actually using this technology, the Da Vinci robot, in that it's miniaturising the surgeon's hands and a surgery that may previously have been incredibly invasive is now not so much. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, and, and it's the view that they get. It's not. It's it's the way they can see it. So when they're using the robotic arms in the corner, the robot arms are attached to the patient. They actually get a three-dimensional view, so they can see things much more clearly than they can uh, in the in the traditional laparoscopic view. And then from the open view, where there's a you know major cut, so they can see that incredibly well with minimal um, minimally invasive. If that's what it is. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, force uh, have that same trauma of major scars, and, and then the the, recru- the recuperation that's required from that over a number of weeks. What sort of investment is it to purchase this sort of technology? Because a, a, a new technology in in health and medicine is never cheap. Yes, you're exactly right. Um, <laughs> it is actually um, over over a three million dollar investment. But I guess here at Macquarie University Hospital, where we're set up a bit differently. We're the first private teaching hospital um, in Australia on the campus of a university. We're set up to do teaching, research, and, and obviously do obviously amazing clinical things like the robot and other things that we do. So our aim is at, uh, to teach postgraduate medical students. So they need the 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 latest technology, the, the broadest range of technology to actually move into the future with what's going on. So the robot, I mean, I mean used extensively overseas. I, I think the statistics are over 80% of hysterectomies, prostatectomies in, in the USA and in Europe are done via the robot. So it will look back in, in 10 years. I'm sure that's what we'll be doing here. Are we slow at adopting it here in Australia? Um, I think we, we certainly um, we do seem to take a while, but in some ways there's advantages to that because we're learning all the time from from that new technology that's being adopted overseas. And many of these many of uh, these techniques and this equipment are actually they come from overseas. Um, so we find that many of our doctors are going overseas to do robotic fellowships. They come back with that knowledge, and um, yeah, it, it, 
we're probably a bit slow, but sometimes that's good. I've noticed that you do actually have quite a few surgeons in different specialties who are now using the robot, as you mentioned, for, for urological procedures, gynaecological, uh, and, and you name it. You seem to have a long list of people now who are surgeons who are seeing the advantages mm. offered to them and their, their patients by the machine. Yes, that's very true, and um, and that's what we aim to do in the beginning. We we bought the robot with the idea of setting up a robotic surgery program. So um, our doctors then approached us, um, went overseas to do their training, brought proctors from uh, mostly from overseas to come and do the first few cases with them, and and we are doing cases across all of that spectrum. So it's really adding um, an amazing choice for our patients with a, a centre of excellence, if you like, where we do it. You know, our aim is to to do it, continue to do it across all that whole broad spectrum, and not many other people are. So it's really setting us up with a centre of excellence here. And that is so important, isn't it? Because when we try and spread our resources across numerous different areas, then we don't have expertise developing as we should. Yeah, that, I think that's correct. And, and, and the good thing about many of these, um, of this sort of development is that doctors are working in teams. So a, a few of the doctors may train in the specialty and then um, one will assist while the other works um, and, and vice versa. So across, across specialties? Uh, within specialties and across specialties. So um, mostly, mostly within specialties. So you'll have um, uh, one, both train, one assisting the other and, vi- assisting the other and vice versa. So they're, they're gaining their expertise together. And, and all, all of them we have um, proctors, specialised people who've done multiple cases elsewhere. When we started uh, urological surgery, we brought some very experienced people from South Australia. But when we did some of the head and neck, thyroid, etc., we brought some people from Korea. So the expertise uh, comes to us to help our doctors gain the mm. similar expertise. I love that you send your people out around the world to go and check these new things out. They report back and then maybe you place an order for something. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I know when we, we sent uh, some of our colorectal surgeons to Korea, they just came back going, oh, I can't believe this. You know, they're doing so many cases and it actually often converts them to the to the new technology because... You know, it, it, it must be, for, even for an expert, to actually have to go, OK, I'm, I'm going to really have to change my skill set here. And then they go and see experts doing it who've got experience. They see the fantastic outcomes for the patients. And, and it really converts them, uh, you know, to this technology. And it's advantageous, for very advantageous for the patients.